Hello and welcome to the Evolving Hockey Podcast, where Luke Youngren is your host. My name is Sean Ferris, and I'm also joined Hello, by Luke's twin. To- <laughs> <laughs> Luke's twin, Josh, who's my favorite one. So, wow. hey, we're here quite- for, for another episode. It's a funny thing that people like to uh, pick favorites. It hasn't happened too much on Twitter in a long time, but... But people used to pick favorites, and it would make us both. No, I'm just kidding. It, I like to think that more people dislike Josh than me. <laughs> people, I think that people, we used to give away a little bit of, like, who tweeted which thing. And I think we there used to be a little bit more of a difference about how Luke and I tweeted on our joint account, uh, I think. but And it was a little bit more obvious who was tweeting. Um, but lately, Luke has caused some problems as well. And I guess that's what I'm saying, is that I... Well, usually the big problems that we cause are a joint effort. That's what yeah. I'll say. It's not one or the other. It's it's we both have to combine in order to really make people irritated. Yeah. Um. Which I which like is why I, like which, re- is, which is why I didn't get completely uh, uh, run over in our notifications when I said that Matthews might be better than McDavid right now. Uh. Which was you know somewhat somewhat. Uh. I think I I would have considered it a couple years ago. We our notifications were a bit of a mess, but. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know why we went down this road. How you how you doing, Sean? How's everything going? You oh, loving the bro. you loving hockey still? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Sean's been dealing with uh, post COVID um, shot or vaccine side effects. Not post COVID. I just post COVID you know, vaccine I had my booster yeah. shot the other day, so it's uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but he's he's Not ready great. to go. I think yeah, right? ready to go. We're here to talk Maybe. about hockey. Maybe yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it is Monday at 7.30 Central. Uh, the Avalanche lead the Oilers one nothing. The last time we recorded... It's uh, 10 minutes left in the first. Yeah, the last time we recorded, which was a little less than a week ago, uh, Carolina and New York hadn't finished, and New York ended up winning. Now they're up 2-1 on the lighting, correct? Yeah. Um, which I think, that's, I think that series is really funny to me, because uh, I just think the Rangers are like a really weird team. Um, yeah, so it's it's just been kind of weird watching them. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's where we're at. We're kind of still in the similar situation we were a week ago, where you know there's only like four teams left now, and Sean, we're a little burned out, a little burned out on hockey. Yeah, but we're bit. still watching. We're still you know following along, but we don't watch the games. So just you don't yeah. watch the games. We don't watch the games. So <laughs> we. St- <laughs> I sit and look. I have the NHL. Uh, homepage open, and I look at the scores as they live update. That's and we go to our live, watch, like the scripts get. And, that, and I have evolving hockey in another tab, and I look at the cumulative shot charts, and that's how I watch the game. So you make sure that the live games are working because they've been yeah. in oh, the they, conference I don't think they've been having trouble for some Wait, reason. I, I forget is orange is orange away. <laughs> On the game charts, uh, are people mad about the colors on this one? Oh, people are always the mad. amount of times. Okay, I know that. So yes, the I believe that home is the blue team, and I mean and, I can just tell you right now yeah, they're go, in Edmonton, right? Right. Yes, orange is the away team. Yeah. So right, so the Avalanche are orange on like the line. Charts. Yes. Yeah, and which okay, so we made this decision. <laughs> several years ago when we built these out is that we were going to i spent a decent amount of time on these so for anyone who doesn't know on our live games pages we have these cumulative charts that show kind of line graphs for both teams and it shows you know cumulative Corsi or xg 
Um, and they've, I mean, these kind of charts have been around forever. Warren Ice used to have them. We, we've kind of, uh, Korska used to we, have them. Yeah. Korska had them. Hockey, uh, I think what was Greg's website? Uh, hockey, hockey stats. Stats. CA? CA yeah. had kind of a similar type graph. They've, and we just did them. That was one of the first things we learned to do in, you know, G in R. Um, but when you do it, you have to do it for all at the time. It was 31, 30 teams, 31. I don't know. I don't know if there were 30 teams. It was before Vegas. It was before Vegas, and we used to do uh, blue Wasn't and red. I know. Uh, you I, guys well, started the site? No, no, no. It oh, was the, no, the charts about... themselves, though, we made like way before the site. It was like one of the first things we did. We would post them on Twitter. Like it would be like post game. Okay, you know. okay. Yeah, so, so that's kind of where they came from. They're the same thing as that. And uh, we spent a decent amount of time talking about like how should we do colors for teams. Um, and we just decided to do the straight. Blue is home, orange is away for every team. Because the issue is, I think specifically, is it the uh, the Metro? One of the East teams, I think, has a lot of different reds. I think I think it maybe is the Metro. Because there's the Caps, right? Metro! There's, there's the Devils. There's, there's just the a, Hurricanes. There, yeah, there's a ton of red teams. And they don't have a lot of other colors that you can use. So, either way, we just like, okay, we're going to just pick this. And we're going to go with orange and blue, or blue and orange. For it's our it's our colors from our logo. Yeah, that's from the palette. The colors we use is from a colorblind friendly palette yeah. that we found very early on, and but, we <laughs> just use the dark blue and the dark orange. But the number of people who have gotten actually legitimately mad at us for having these <laughs> color selections on Twitter—it's not just like why are these this way, and then you explain Didn't it. Didn't like them. I think Mark Lazarus said something like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, well, did he? I don't know. No, well, he had a funny tweet about having to tell the um the Leafs. I think it was in the first round the Leafs and Lightning jerseys apart because they looked very like oh no he replied to like the evolving hockey account about the oh. colors yeah so it's something but, that like i i don't the alternative instead of having two colors would be every team color but there is it's it's kind of almost impossible well, you to see have. mike you see micah's like struggle with this right like micah oh, yeah. has taken years to perfectly find a unique color yeah. for every team and it's like 32 different colors and to try to have them relate to the uniforms which is like more difficult than it would sound, which like some of them they just don't on Micah's. Like it's just it's a difficult task. There's there's so many blues, there's so many reds, there's not enough purples or or greens. Well, there's enough maybe enough well, greens. But the thing Yellows. is like I I've had this problem even like on our point projection evaluation. Like there's maybe say fourteen or fifteen models. So you have to find fifteen or fourteen, which is half the number of teams, unique colors that you can clearly tell the difference between and you kind of start to push the limit on like what non-colorblind people can see. I mean, like, or can yeah. can differentiate and how to find uh, every color. And that's the other thing is that we just I think we've always tried to be very like mindful of colorblind ability because uh, we're not. And I don't think Sean, you're are you you're not colorblind anyway. So like I I don't know. So anyway, we we try to pick a lot of colors and palettes that are um that are colorblind friendly, but. The number of people who just still get mad when like the Oilers are well, the, like when the Avalanche I are think, orange on the I chart. think one of them <laughs> one of them that was really funny, I think someone got mad at was when Tampa was playing Philly and it, they were switched. So yeah. it was Tampa was orange and Philly was blue. Which I understand. Yeah, yeah. I, and I get it, you know. <laughs> I get it. But like now imagine But that's what I'm saying with this one as well. Edmonton well, I know they're wearing their blue jerseys, but Edmonton is orange. If you look in the crowd, they're all wearing. <laughs> I know you don't watch the games, but they're all wearing orange, and like Colorado. I know they wear like the maroon, but like blue is also a main yeah. color. Yeah, but like so. That, so in this situation, the ideal thing would be if we did have it conditional for teams and where they're playing. 
you every single game though you'd have to check like not only where they're playing but what jersey they're wearing and they actually don't record that in that it's not like there's a data point that says oh Edmonton is wearing this jersey so then you can align the the chart with that color um, anyway, this is a long tangent to say that it's hard to make charts that cover all 32 teams with colors. <laughs> no, I, I think at the end of the day, the moral of the story is that NHL needs to is do what? that, right? They need to provide the <laughs> HTML color codes to the jerseys. Oh, Tabernacle. Eh? To the jerseys that are being uh, worn. Yeah, I, I think... But even that's an easy, yeah. see, easy, even easy piece thing, of data but, that would help so with for the instance, visualizations. When the Lightning played the Leafs, right, and the Leafs were at home in their home jerseys. So what you use that the the Leafs, the, what is it, royal blue? I don't know what the color is exactly. And then you would use royal know, blue. It, it's what it's like. <laughs> I don't, it's Leafs blue. It's honestly the it nicest. It's a very nice. Blue. I forget. A, I could find it's the a, HTML it's a very nice code shade. for it, but it's it's yeah. My but shade if of blue. if so, if the Leafs are playing the Lightning. And the Leafs are at home. The line would be what, blue and white? <laughs> and you have a black. That, that's black the Lightning's background. second color. I mean, I don't know. No, so you would you could create some sort of script to search for the yeah, third but color. Like, well, there's which, a package. There's know, a website that has. Um, oh, let me see if I have a bookmark. Oh, all the hex codes. All, that yeah, has the hex HTML codes. codes. It's the hex yeah. colors. And, no, no, no. But it's for all sports teams yeah for every league just to, i went and found it the leafs blue is i think i believe it's well it's 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 hex code 00205b um rgb is 03291 so anyone this is from the uh team color codes.com yes. team color codes.com yeah. it's a really cool website actually very helpful for anyone who is looking for they have nfl nba mlb nhl yeah. um it's still it regardless to end this story is is I don't really think there's a good way to deal with team colors in charts where every team has to be represented in an automated Man, kind of fashion. So the Kraken really do have good colors, don't they? <laughs> Those are, that just looks really good. They're really They're good colors. What are the best? Be. What are the best colors in the league? Just looking at this palette, Kraken's really colors. good. I think the Wild's color scheme is really good. I really I, like the Wild's green. I think the Wild's green is really nice. Um, Sean doesn't agree, but the Wild's old third jerseys with Minnesota and cream cursive writing, I think were some of the best jerseys in the league. Obviously, we're a little biased, but a lot of people felt that way. I got in trouble for saying the Cannon jerseys were some of my favorite, the Columbus Cannon jerseys, which people don't I like. Do. I do. I like that color scheme a lot. Yeah. I don't know why. I like the color scheme. Like I don't know, the Cannons. I don't really like the whole Cannon thing with the blue jackets. Like I don't like anything about the blue jackets <laughs> except for the colors. I like Again, like I like their blue as well. Um very similar to I like blues. Yeah, yes, as clearly. do I. Very similar to like a maple leaf type of blue, where it's like a darker blue, but it's not like a navy blue. Really, yeah. Teams have the the Flames, the Blackhawks, the Red Wings, the Hurricanes, the Canadians, the Devils. They all the Senators. They all have red and like black. That's Shout out like, to the Flyers for being one of the few like main orange. Teams. I know. <laughs> I know the Ducks now are kind of orange, and obviously the Oilers alternates are. Well, not alternates. I guess their main jersey is. I also really, I will say, I really like the Bruins color scheme. I don't know why, but there's just something like really iconic about the yellow and black of the Bruins. It's just something that like, it's. I don't know why. It's just it is always a good, been very it's a good iconic. color scheme. It's a good color scheme. Anyway, you know what we're missing though is a purple team. Like, there's no yeah, purple. We need a Vikings color Obviously, scheme. Obviously, there's the Kings, the old retro Kings jerseys, which are great. I don't. Then they wear those. 
like they a, were their retro jerseys. Yeah, the wild right. the wild played in the North Stars colors and the Kings played in their retro purple and gold jerseys and they it was a great matchup. One of the best jersey matchups I've seen yeah. in any in any NHL game was the, those purple Kings jerseys. They got to bring that back. The black and white is just and silver just go back to the purple. Like the the King I mean that's more LA's colors. Well, though, I don't no. care. They they're the, they'd be the only purple team. There's no purple in the NHL. There needs to be more purple or pink. I mean that's what I I think way back <laughs> when I thought Vegas should have been the Flamingos and then they would have been pink, which would have been oh, such yeah. an awesome look. The Vegas them. Flamingos that would have been uh, yeah. that would have been a lot of fun. That's yeah. kind of like I think like like the Kraken, like that is honestly the most fun like branding of a team I think because they just people wanted it for so long. Like we were talking about the Seattle Kraken, like as a potential name for that team for like, yeah. I don't know, two we, years. How long was it? It was it, several years, and it was because Sean. I don't know. You don't play Magic the Gathering, do you? Have we talked about this on the podcast before? Well, Kraken is <laughs> no. a kind of a. It goes. Do you know Magic? We know what Magic the Gathering is, Sean. Wait, have you never heard of it? It's a card game. We're not going over this. Okay, I've heard of it because you guys <laughs> talk about it. Like I, I don't know anything uh, about well, it. Well, you know that's where our, our Twitter name comes from. Right? Is, have you heard about this? I thought it was. It came from. No, no. Oh, you don't know this. Oh, I thought you oh. did. This is always. Uh, well, it's funny. Okay, so there's a magic card that is a land, and it's called Evolving Wilds, and it's um, it's I don't know. It's it's kind of. I wouldn't say it's iconic. No, yeah. So we this. when we first started our thing, we we're like, well, let's see if we can find a magic pun that would be related to hockey, and we found we're like, oh, Evolving Wild, that works perfectly, and uh, that is where it comes from, but. Um, in Magic, years back, for years, they've always had a Kraken as a creature type. So I always wanted, and there's a bunch of cards that are Kraken. And they're, like, kind of iconic because they're big blue creatures that, like, everyone, like, there's several, there's, like, Leviathan and Kraken that are creature types, but we were like, oh, man, Kraken would be so awesome as a team, like, mascot, as, like, the, you know, team. And then Seattle did it. They just went and did it, you know. Yeah. It would have been like, like when Vegas announced Golden Knights, it was just like, what the hell is a Golden Knight? What is Knight? this? I mean, it still doesn't this make any sense. Doesn't make. It should have been. Imagine either... if they were the Flamingos and they're pink and they. Well, the owners like yeah, a, uh, yeah. I know, but right that's now. like, but like what what is West it's about the owner. It's not about the the area. It's not about the people. Where is like West the fans. Point? Geography tech. Yeah, where... geography. We haven't. I was just thinking that no, we haven't. West Point. Is it in Colorado? Oh my God, I'm blanking on it. No, I think it's like no, 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 no. It's, yeah, it's I was going to say it's, right? I, well, it's Might. somewhere in the Northeast, I think. Um, West Point, New York. Oh, it is New York. Yeah, is in New York. Where? Where is, is West Point? It's not West. <laughs> it is in upstate, <laughs> kind of. I think if I'm uh, just north. Why did I think Pennsylvania? Just north of Highland Falls, uh, south of Newburgh and New Windsor. I don't know. We're all now. I don't. We're know. all now getting up Google Maps to. It's like straight west of New Haven. On is it an on the river? Is this the Hudson? Yeah, it's on the Hudson. On the Hudson, straight west of New Haven, basically. All right. Well, there's okay. your there's there you your check in on. Anyway, it's a complete missed opportunity that the Vegas isn't the Vegas Flamingos and they have pink jerseys. I know a lot and of we people get all wanted call aces. Them, yeah, I mean aces kind of makes sense too, and it's but like, it, I mean, just picture the pink. I know jerseys like it could be like pink and black and white. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be such a great color. It's like Vegas, like kind of clap. There's some traffic, by the way, <laughs> uh, in Danbury right now. 
Or actually, oh, are we gonna we're gonna pivot into traffic uh, traffic discussion on here uh, as another bit that we do? Anyway, enough about that. Uh, the Bruins fired their coach. How do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, Sean, the number one Bruins fan. Bruins. Yeah, the you're the number one, one Bruins, Bruins fan. fan. How do you feel about that? Give us your opinion on on Bruce, Bruce Cassidy, Cassidy being fired. fired. I don't know. Why do you guys have to say <laughs> that all at once? I don't know. It's very complex. It's very interesting to me, like how many people were surprised including us i guess um as i said yeah like i thought it was like well known that like this was going to happen like for a couple weeks like i'm surprised like it wasn't announced earlier to be honest with you um because it was like cam neely said after game um seven loss that uh that they're gonna like basically like look for a new voice new way to play but that you kind of have to read through the lines and also be kind of like following he he wasn't. I, I think they're gonna have their exit discussion or whatever with Bruce Cassidy first before they like went on their way to like fire him. But like the writing was on the wall, so it was really interesting to me. Like how many people were like shocked when that happened, uh, when it was like finally announced. Why do you think? Well, don't. But isn't, um, well, I guess wouldn't normally like a coach get fired a little bit sooner after a series? Yeah, ends? that's what I mean. That's what I was surprised by. It's like been a while. Well. The thing you have to remember, he worked for the organization for fourteen okay, years, yeah. and I don't think they were at least going to let. At the very least, I think it's a courtesy to not make it seem as though it's because of the game seven that loss makes in the first round. Like they didn't lose to like a terrible no. team, um, you know. So it's sort of like you'd let everything kind of get to the Western and Eastern Conference Finals. And you let some things die down, and then you sort of do it. And I think it was probably a mistake, but I guess like when you're in the media to do that, to have said something like that in the first place by Cam Neely. But um, yeah, I don't know. The writing was on the wall. I was kind of surprised that Sweeney gets another coach. Yeah. Um, especially after like some of like the very widely known disasters that he's had. I mean, 2015 draft. Wow, he's been there yes, that long. Like, he's still he's still the GM after that draft. He was hired. Yeah, he was hired that May. I don't remember the exact oh, okay. date. I remember the day that he got hired. He threw out the first pitch at Fenway. The Red Sox were playing <laughs> against the Rangers. <laughs> the New York Rangers. But uh, oh wait, yeah. No, I, you know, I, I did not realize that Cassidy has been with the Bruins for six years. I mean, like, I it just like flew. I, don't by. Know, I always just felt like Bruce Cassidy was a really good coach, and he had some. He was like one of the only people who, like, one of the coaches that was like outspokenly like talking about incorporating analytics into so, their like how they. So, I mean, I think some of it, like, I'm gonna like gather my thoughts and maybe write it down. But I think some of it is he's quite popular in the media. He's definitely a guy that you would you would want to sit down and like, I guess like people used to always say like, have a beer with like, you know, have a white claw with (laughs) if you will, or have a Dunkin' iced coffee. Um, Please sponsor us. You know, like he's very clearly like a nice guy who is very thoughtful. He'll give you a great answer. If you're, if you ask him a question, he'll give you a great thorough answer. He doesn't give you the same answers that any other coach would. He'll take you through the detail. He respects your time. He respected the media's time. Um, so I think some of it is he wouldn't really get too much criticism because everybody likes him. And that's not his fault either. Like he's doing the right thing. But 
you know, he definitely was not good with young players and he sort of limited his team offensively. Everything's just run through the point. So I think the the comments in that PR release were that they're looking to make some changes and like go in a different sort of direction. I think people are thinking rebuild and I don't think it's an actual true rebuild that they're going to try to do here, but yeah, but they also need some young players to be able to come into the system. And a lot of their growth has probably been stunted young players recently. And some of them are, you know, in conference finals right now that were like thrown away, right? Vetrano playing first line. He was just, you know, put away to nothing. Heinen played in the, playoffs and was an effective player with Malkin you look at Donato kind of having some success in Seattle so like and Jackson Nico who's supposed to be like their next center has really had stunted growth and Oscar Steen's kind of next up so they really sort of need some young players to be able to step up in here and he's just very risk averse and I, I think they just want a different voice in there to be able to have that transition yeah I mean it also doesn't well I, I sometimes I think it's an interesting question to think about, like as a coach, or am I evaluating a coach or like thinking about a coach and when they've had players like that top line or like their top, you know, like they've always they basically had you know Bergeron, Marchand, like Pasternak, uh, like Chara, even like way back, you know, I don't know. It, it's just like um, McAvoy. So it's like he had really good coach, really good players on the top end, right? And it's like he, but he utilized them correct you know i mean like it's not that hard but like they they still had a, a lot of success i think they've made the playoffs every year under his tenure they haven't missed right um i don't know i'm just i don't know it's kind of an interesting thing to think about you know like how you evaluate a coach who has it's, clearly like the kind of the kind of talent that the bruins have had uh for but it's just the, the top end i know it's like i know they, they haven't really you know and i saw this kind of take with like he wasn't really given like a lot of depth there, right? I mean, like, I know that you're him, Sean yeah. saying like they they didn't they he wasn't good with young players, so they didn't develop. But like, I mean, I don't know. Ryan Donato just he played for the Wild and then he played for the Sharks, and like, I don't think he wasn't really anything on either of those teams. And Frank Petrano was like kind of he's playing on the Rangers top line because the Rangers are a really weird team, and I don't <laughs> like know why. Like, like our models have never really liked Frank Petrano, even on any other team he's been with either. So it's like, I don't know. Top tier name though. It yeah. is. Well, you could say, you could also say, yeah, Jake that's De- true. Jake I know I, he got, he no, got I agree with Heinen, here, a Heinen though. Heinen I agree with, you know, I don't they, really know why they let Heinen go though. I don't know. Did they trade him? I mean, that was entirely management, yeah. but, regardless i mean and and the thing is is i don't think always it's it's almost like relationships i don't think you always need to like it doesn't need to be that like i wouldn't ever hire this coach like should a team hire bruce cassidy i think like he's hireable for sure and i also think i wasn't really i was quite young for his head coaching job in washington but it seems like he took a lot of the failure which that sounded like a colossal failure to heart and like learn from it yeah there was a and and grew from it and it's like if he reflects on boston where i think he had some success in his tenure like he could be like a top top 
yeah coach well, I think the thing, at the very least, I think Bruce Cassidy always felt like um, that he was a kind of coach that would work really well in kind of a forward-thinking organization that's trying to have, like, the analytics group and the scouts and the coaches all work together kind of thing, kind of like Colorado or Tampa. Like, it seems like he's kind of one of those coaches who's open to listening to things. Now, whether or not he acts on those or, you know, he uses that information, um, and this is obviously we have an outside view. Sean knows more about the Bruins than we do, so I'm kind of just coming at it from very much an outside perspective, but... It does seem like a, a forward-thinking group that would potentially want to include a coach that would incorporate information throughout the organization like that would be a good, um, good fit for him. But obviously, there's I don't know I, I don't know how he you know managed the player stuff. I don't know like the system stuff. I, I I don't I don't feel like I have a good grasp on that because I feel like part of it is I'm just clouded by the the talent the, the high end talent that the Bruins have had for years. So it's hard to you can't you can't really evaluate. No, you can't. It's, like, it's just kind of yeah. like well, hold unfair, on. We got to talk about the Selkie voting. Yeah, well, speaking of the Bruins, Bergeron, Selkie. Yeah. Boom. Fifth, a record-breaking fifth Selkie win. Uh, Yeah. The best best award. Yeah. Best award. Best award. Best NHL award. They need to make one for the defensemen. That uh, Jonas Brodeen. Who would win this year? Siegenthaler, probably. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. At least for us. That sounds ridiculous for probably to most people, but like that, he he was out of control this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, You're based yeah, on just our XR, <laughs> even strength defense for defensemen. Our top five are for for this year: uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, Charlie McAvoy, Jacob Slavin, Jonas Brodeen, and Dylan Demello. Demello, that's an interesting one. I mean, I think Slavin would win it if you gave it up to Ryder. Yeah, yeah see, well, nobody's going around people, Slavin. I think nobody ever talks about Siegenthaler other than like the few Devils fans who understand it. Year? I don't know what the hell happened with him. His rabbit chart is so funny. But I don't, looking at that top five, other than Demello, who I did kind of hear about a little bit, uh, I think that's a like oh, I don't, Andre Miller's seventh. I didn't. Oh not, yeah, no, he had a really. Yeah, I know he really released. is really good year. It's really funny. We were we had some friends over the other night, and we were looking. I was looking at Andre Miller's Wikipedia page because he's from Minnesota. He's from Saint. He was born in Saint Paul, but he was raised in Hopkins which is where we went to school. We went to high school at Hopkins High School. And then he went to uh, Wisconsin, was a Badger for a couple of years. He didn't stay in the high school system in Minnesota. I think he played in the USHL for two years. But, yeah, Kendrick Miller has really developed into, like, just a just a totally – I mean, he's kind of the – Yeah, speaking of the Bruins. <laughs> Wait, was, he a, was he a Bruins? Oh, did they pass up on him? Oh. No, that was their first round okay, pick. Okay, I see. Juan, I th- well, like, it was the first round pick that got traded oh, for Oh, Nash. yeah, yeah. Uh, Lindgren, um, Miller, and then Strom all came from that wow. tree. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, but that top five that you listed, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, like that. I think those are all like those are. Well, pretty... I think I think Jonas Brodeen and Jacob Slavin are probably would probably if the writers chose. I think Brodeen has a big enough and a I mean well earned. He's basically the new Yarmelson. I mean. Uh, yeah, kind of like I think I mean, it, it, the thing is with Brody, when you watch him, it's like he's obviously very good. Like, I think like maybe people would be maybe surprised by McAvoy there because I think maybe he's thought of more of as like an offensive get, um, kind of defenseman. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But I hear people talk. Well, we had that conversation about why he isn't considered so like in his because his point totals aren't. Yeah. He doesn't High. have as many points as the but rest yeah, of the cast. But, yeah, I think Siegenthaler is the, uh, would be the— <laughs> we'll see, Now, the, we'll see if he can repeat next year, because I think he is—correct me if I'm wrong, but I think—is this his second season in the yeah, NHL? I was going to look, because— um, I don't know. Is, is it? Or, like, I maybe I'm thinking of, that. like, Maine, you know, other than, like, his first, like, 
ELC year where they didn't. He only played. He played seven games in, yeah. last year and and eight games the year before. Okay, yeah. So that's what I was thinking. It's so basically, his second season. He played okay, in the nineteen so. <laughs> nineteen twenty season. <laughs> he played uh, sixty four games and he was yeah. I mean, he was above. Yeah, he was a solid yeah depth defenseman. But like this year, he was. <laughs> it's, trying yeah. to think about who, what's the, because I think Slavin, obviously, I, I think is like would be, if this was the, you know, I don't know what, it's the defenseman Selkie. Um, obviously, I think Slavin makes sense. I think Brodine kind of seems to make sense to me. I'm trying to think about the narratives around like who, who is oh, Heiskanen. Heiskanen would maybe, definitely be in there. No, I'm saying, not, I'm close. not saying based on our metrics, so I'm saying like what, who do no. you think would be the top five among like the writers? Like who is considered right now Probably, the best defenseman? I would say Heiskanen. Or defensive defenseman. I think Heiskanen. Heiskanen among the writers? Oh yeah, as a defensive among writers, among yeah, like the I general hear people population? talk about Heiskanen all the time. Among writers, well, like, talking about his defensive ability, probably not. I, I... Slavin, I'm thinking it's Slavin like, makes a lot of sense. I bet Hedman gets I, in there. Too. Yeah, Hed, Hedman would be in there. I think, even though even though he's that's not really his. Wow, he, I mean, he's good all around. I no, he's be, not. I, I wouldn't be surprised if McAvoy is kind of in the discussion. Um, like that. I think Brodeen no, I think may, he, Brodeen is kind of makes would be. Like I'm, I'm trying to think about like which yeah, ones would be it, like the most ridiculous. It, it would probably be like, Carl, like, that would end like up John Carlson. Like, John who's Carlson. bad at defense? <laughs> yeah, or like um, that could be one. I don't know. I do you think Orlov gets in in the conversation from a narrative standpoint? Probably not. Hold on, let's like, see who the worst defensive defensemen are over the last three years. No. Let me just do this. With Sherrod, I think probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably is. <laughs> Yeah, I could see a Sherrod. Oh, Ekblad is probably in the conversation from the narrative standpoint of best defense. Oh yeah, Keith Yandel. Yeah, Tyson Berry. Yeah, Barry. John Klingberg. Funny Klingberg. Klingberg. What a weird. Wow, that that's a bonus yeah. thing, right? That's the kind of the system thing. He, bonus is gone. So well, we'll and, and Klingberg's I mean, a free agent a, now. Yeah, he's probably well, gone. Klingberg's probably. Uh, gone. But who else? Oh yeah, Libor Hijack. Oh yeah, that, that's a classic. Ristolainen. Yeah, man, Tory Krug too. He he fell off. Well, I, mean, I don't know if he was ever. He's been really, hurt. I think but... he's been injured, right? And yeah. anyway, um, we're getting away from the topic at hand, which is the. We're getting away from it. So, what do you? Why did you vote for Elias Lindholm? <laughs> uh, Honestly, that was well. We were we were a little busy when the when the finalists came out, and I was like, I think I did tweet this, but I was like, wait, I had to do. It took me a minute to realize that it was like, wait, that is there another Lindholm? That I haven't been hearing about, like, or there's some other Lindholm, or there's some other thing that I missed here somehow, and it was like I don't. Now it's very difficult with that situation in Calgary. I think to, um, I understand why he was the uh, the the reason he was the second Salkie, or he was one of the finalists is because he led the league in plus minus. That's the easiest. I like there isn't any other explanation. Is that that I think he had didn't he have seventy like a plus seventy plus plus sixty nine or something, Um, and. It, it, which is, but like our at least our stuff now. That line with Calgary played a ton of minutes together this year, so all of our stuff basically put the kind of a lot more of the um, defensive value on Kachuk than it did on Lindholm. Now I know Lindholm is the center, which is why he got most people just assume because he's the center, he's the one doing the defensive work, which is not. I mean, I don't know. That's kind of I think no. It's not even true, and like I don't watch enough of the Flames, I guess, to really pick everything apart and then Kachuk's yeah. always been the better defensive player so <laughs> shout out to the models for always knowing that but you know like that's not even necessarily like the thing nowadays like 
it's a little bit more forward where a winger will sort of take yeah. more of a center position well, I, in a defensive zone. I think like, there's been frequently. a lot of, like I so, think Marcus Foligno is another example of a winger who is kind of like I mean I know he's been playing with Ericsson Eck, but he was really good even before Ericsson Eck comp came and like I mean I think a lot of people would say Marcus Foligno is one of the best defensive forwards in the league and, and he's a yeah and that was the same thing with Mark Stone back in the day although I think that back in the day people didn't quite appreciate how offensively gifted he was like I think he doesn't really create offense in a traditional way and like what people said with Stone while he was taking so late in the draft is because he really can't skate well uh <laughs> but like I mean I I think with Marcus Foligno that's a I think is a perfect example of um a player who you know, a winger who who is very good defensively, and I mean, he got Selkie votes too. Well, that's what um, I was gonna say. Him and and Ericsson Ack. Ericsson Ack was 10. seventh, so Foligno the narratives are starting to pick catch up to some yeah. of the wild players that have but been I good was, defensively. I was looking day. at, I was trying to find the wonkiest player, like the the one who was like who got votes, and I think it's Bo Horvat. Yeah, Bo Horvat. I, was I think say. Bo Horvat got. <laughs> Uh, one fifth place vote, <laughs> which is just like so funny to me. I mean, I don't, I don't know who. I've never heard anyone talk about Bo, Hor- Bo Horvat as like a defensive player. Like he's, I think I saw like Garrett Hole like tweet that he's yeah, only been yeah. above replacement like, yeah. one time. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just funny because that's not his profile at all. No, and it's just funny to see him. I was thinking I, also I, yeah. Sebastian Ajo is kind of a weird one. Um, Didn't, I yeah, wasn't he like eighth or something? Or he am would, I? no, he was fourteenth. Oh, okay, so um, a little lower. But like, shout out to Rasmus uh, Asplund, Rasmus Asplund, who uh, was fourteen. He got a third place vote from two, Tom Timmerman and two fourth place votes. I think from uh, Marissa and Joe. Uren. Oh, was that the other two? I think somebody. Fa- I didn't. I didn't go dig through. Yeah. He was um, our second. He was our well, he kind of t- a second tier Selkie player behind Bergeron. Well, the, the interesting thing with Bergeron this year is like this is the first year that we've actually had Bergeron number one in like the last five years, I think. Or that might no, not that's have, not true. Uh, I mean, at least the last few years, like because he didn't. I'm trying to think. Has he won it? Like how many years in a row has he won it? Or is he? Did he win it last year? Didn't Barkov win it last year? No. And then was Couturier in yeah, there for I think one so. year? Basically, everybody gives Bergeron like everybody puts like Bergeron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since he got like four, <laughs> he oh. definitely like earned. It doesn't, oh, yeah, he's thirty six. Like I just think the like right or isn't that how old he is? Like about to be thirty seven, maybe or um, yeah. Yeah, I do kind of wonder if they renamed <laughs> that award I, to the Bergeron Award. Like no, like serious. I saw a tweet about that, and like it's a good point. Although I think like. Playing in the same it sort of been, as yeah. Datsuk, and like Datsuk was sort of robbed. Like Datsuk was probably yeah. the best two way. I mean, I, maybe ever. Do like, you think there's history. ever been a better two way forward than Datsuk? <laughs> Apparently, Frank. <laughs> Shout out to Frank Selkie. Frank J. Wasn't it Frank J. Selkie? It would be so funny. He was. I'm assuming he was a forward. I don't know anything about who he is. But I'm assuming he was a forward who was considered to be really good defensively right um, that, has uh, that has to be, to be that makes I, sense to me it yeah. would be hilarious if we got it would be really funny if we got like we're never going to get this but historical data that would allow us to evaluate defensive ability like we can now but going back and it showed that he was just really not good at all <laughs> <laughs> oh god i want that like if what time is uh, we know, are, where are we at in time oh, oh we're, we're way we, over Okay. Okay. Well, we should probably it's take 35. a break. Here we, said, was, here, here we said we weren't gonna we we're gonna do a shorter. Well, first we segment. talked about colors for the first yeah. ten minutes. So, but I was just gonna <laughs> say that uh, uh, 
I wish so much that we had the RTSS style data that we have for the modern, like from 2007 eight to, to current. Like if we had that going back to like the 70s, oh my god, it'd be like incredible. I mean, this it would is, be yeah. it would be a lot of data to manage. I mean, we'd probably have to. And yeah, it'd be a big. Well, we'd be tripling. There, well, it, it's just disprove the myths. <clears throat> what if we find well, out? I that think that I, I highly doubt that yeah. any metric you. It, it's the thing that would be really funny. I know, but it would be really <laughs> funny if joke, Wayne Gretzky but... ended up being like the worst defensive forward in like <laughs> the history of the league, and it really offset his overall value somehow. Like, could you imagine how like the controversy? I, I don't think, but like, do you actually think that Gretzky will? I don't no, think. Like, I it's don't. basically like it's the same kind of thing. Is there certain players that you kind of know are going to be good regardless of the type of valuation tool that you use which is like mcdavid is one of those where his he's just so incredibly good offensively that that's all the value it doesn't matter what else he does like away from the offense like because his offense well is, it kind of does a little but, bit a little bit i mean he could trade off i don't i don't yeah. even know if he would be able to trade off like a little bit of his offense for some more defensive because like i've watched you know sometimes you watch mcdavid in the defensive zone and it's like oh, oh boy <laughs> here we go you know it's we like a, what was our tweet look about it was like oh uh oh McDavid, McKinnon. mckinnon and mcdavid trying to defend each other is what you, <laughs> is what you get when this like this is what happens when mcdavid and mckinnon try to defend each other you know because i think i saw mcdavid skating backwards against mckinnon one time and, and then I, the and other then way recent, around and then shortly after that i saw mckinnon skating backwards defending mcdavid which was like a really funny you know two of the most like offensively talented players in the league but anyway uh where okay, we... Sha- yeah congrats to bergeron yes congrats uh, to bergeron congrats to what was it was lindholm and then uh who was third uh, barkov yeah um uh, we should say, even though we don't, we we already have a history of too much Leafs bias because of Sean here. Is that Matthews at tenth is an absolute like yeah, that's shame. A, that's a shame. Uh, he he should have been top five easily. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that O'Reilly, Sorelli, Barkov. I mean, I think well, O'Reilly and Sorelli specifically, and then O'Reilly. Are... Was, was yeah, he was he good was, this year. He was good this year. Yeah. This year. I mean, yeah, but like I think, I don't know, I don't want to, I think defense is so, can, at least, there's a lot, they're all close. Yes, it's it's difficult, but like, I don't know, I felt like it was a bit of an off year, um, like overall. Yeah, I don't know, Ryan I guess O'Reilly. I'd have to go dig into it. I thought, a lot of his value this year was from the power play. Yeah, and yeah that is true. That is, you know, that's a, that's a good like, way to generate value, Yeah, but. That's the uh, Elias Pettersson. No, it does not. No, it doesn't no, have to do with this award. Well, there's a lot of things that don't have to do with this award that Marner, people take into Marner, account. Marner getting votes was also kind of oh, yeah. surprising. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, did you do you remember that? T- I think that they deleted it. I know we should probably go to a break, but like TSN like wrote an article like a couple years ago that Mitch Mar Mitch Marner like would be like the next the first oh, the oh next boy to like win the Selkie <laughs> after finishing like 23rd. He they like, finished like 23rd or maybe he got 23 points or whatever and they're like oh the this is Selkie his trajectory he's yeah. gonna go up he's gonna be the new barkov <laughs> i think that i genuinely i, mean, I don't blame him yeah. like matthews is right there <laughs> yeah. like i don't know like i don't i don't know it's just funny i think that some people it's well especially with like nachushkin like nachushkin got votes again i think he's starting to kind of i mean he did have a very good defensive season too well i think the playoffs um, are starting to solidify him a little bit more in, in people's yeah minds. although in yeah, it's it's really he was on the promo he was on what? materials today. I don't know if you saw that. Like oh, TNT's I think I promo yeah, I, I did like their the graphics. Well, they've been they've been, been highlighting him. Nurse. So, and and yeah, you saw the the fifty page article that they put on screen oh. 
the other day with his whole history, his whole Wikipedia page, and then like when Val scored two goals, and then like uh, like a lot of the. Uh, it's calling the game is kenny calling the game kenny's really been focusing no. on well, him just, like, it, yeah it's been, just kind of funny because i think but, like i mean josh and i were talking about this but it's like if you actually watch the chushkin play it's like i don't know what i'm watching versus what other people like this i'm talking about like when we used to like you know back like a couple years ago when people thought we were insane for like having our mo- our models really like the chushkin but it's like if you actually watch him play like he's just a horse like he's just yeah. like He's he's a big dude, and he just goes looks to the dirty areas, really you know. good when he plays. I don't know. Anyway, we should okay. go to break. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be really good in Seattle, so we should take it a break now, and uh, we'll yeah. get to our mailbag questions when we get back. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL goals above replacement, regularized adjusted plus minus, skater contract projections, visualizations, charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. Thank you so much for, for that message from our lovely sponsor. I laugh every time, but at least I didn't start out with so. When you guys made fun of me for that, it, I didn't, it really made me. It, sh- <laughs> it completely flipped over Sean's world. Yeah, it completely changed Sean's uh, speech pattern and how he talks overall. No, I, I didn't mean to make – I wasn't making fun of you. I was mostly pointing out how I – wait, did I do that on the actual podcast? I think it was yeah. in between episodes where I told you that. No, it was, bef- it was before – yeah, it was yeah. before like an episode, but and then yeah. I of course said so. So anyway, <laughs> See, I still use it, it as a transition. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I I do too. Yeah, I have I have so many filler words. I I use our our mother gets mad at both of us uh, for the filler she words. Get mad at us. Yeah, she, she just, just will point it out, out every you know, now and then. Just points them out. Anyway, sorry. Continue, Sean. So we have some mailbag questions, and I think I I do want to start with this one because I think this is the most important one from john martin 968 he says where's the x scar right up well i'm gonna say gar x gar and <laughs> goalie gar right up oh yeah i don't know if this is like question. genuine or if he's in on the joke so hopefully it's uh, like in on the joke i think it's in on the joke because most people there aren't a lot of people who ask us about it and the people who do are more like i feel really bad about it because it's like i you know you can't we, feel that bad about it you haven't done well, it well i have like a lot of it written it's just there's i haven't had the time to properly like investigate explaining some of the statistics that are used because like i'm not good at that and so it's something that's like i was going to try to get the plan was to get really technical with it because I wanted it to be the end of the, you know, just do it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to save this for later because I need to do other things. And I think we had the playoffs coming up and we had our contract projections and the whole subscription tier changes. And like, so I had to, I had to put it on the back burner, but um, it's, I'm not delaying it or trying to put it off because we're trying to hide something. I hope that that's clear. I'm not trying to like hide something with our methods 
It's just that it's really complicated, and I it takes a long time, and I feel bad that I still likely, haven't written it. It's going to reveal excuse. the triplet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have yeah the triplet locked in our when, basement. When it finally comes out, it will uh, solve all of the world's... No, I, I, it's, it's, it is a very difficult uh, thing to, I think, properly explain, but Luke should have it done. It's just really complicated. I, I can, I can um, confirm that it is... like It's not like Luke hasn't started it, or either one of us has started it. And the reason that I'm not doing it is because that's one of Luke's models. Um, we kind of have our own uh, own, own things that we do, uh, and I didn't do that one. I did the Gar model, which is what I wrote. On Team but, Luke. Yeah, <laughs> I know I know that. If anyone remembers our Goals Above Replacement three-parter. Um, Josh wrote that whole thing. Which is like, I don't know, 30,000 words. And <laughs> I, it, it's very long. And that's kind of what I think we're trying to avoid is – well, I don't know. I still think that that, that was more about uh, the full history, like, the history of the and the philosophy and kind of what the model is and um, explaining about that. And I think the X-Guard is not really as much about that as more about the difference in... I should just go revisit. I also have our quality of teammate and quality of competition right up. That has like almost three thousand words. I read through that whole thing and edited. For I know, you, Luke, and you're supposed to have it done. I'm your... <laughs> supposed to have it. It is basically just done. I just need to like put the final touches on it. Yeah, it's mostly because I just was had no motivation to write that. I should anyway uh, to answer the question. I hopefully those will be out this summer uh, sometime, yes. or maybe next early next season because they're basically I might just done. try All to right, do it. This next summer. question. Anyway. From Yukon Scott, what's it like carrying Sean through every podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I like this question. This, this question, question. Was, this is a good question. <laughs> I like how the reviews, though, on Apple Podcasts say the opposite. <laughs> Come on, you can't read the reviews on Apple Podcasts, can you? I don't think there's any reviews. I think it's there just are, ratings. Well, we have a couple reviews, I think. I don't know. I haven't really looked at the reviews. I also, of course, get tons of private messages that say that <laughs> Sean's the best. <laughs> they only tune into the podcast because I, of me. I will say that Sean is the one who sends the Zoom link out, and we're always late to every podcast. So yeah, we use sense. my Zoom because I still have my university Zoom. Yeah, know, don't hopefully they don't the, shut that down. Don't soon, say that on air. Have to like start another degree. <laughs> <laughs> start another degree so you can have Zoom access. You could, you could pay for it. I'll get. I'll get like a. They might have oh, a we, master's in data science or something. Yeah, I mean I they know. may. We'll pick a Are you trying to... I also might do law school. Maybe I'll do law school. Oh wow, another lawyer on three Twitter. years. Three years <laughs> worth. You're of, not going to law school. Zoom links. Okay. I okay. This is a discussion for another time. But I might eventually decide to go to law school. But there's already enough lawyers on in hockey Twitter. Yeah, I don't. Enough... I don't think we need more. Yeah, I think you should pick. Yeah, stay in your money business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we. It's very much a joint effort here at the Evolving Hockey Podcast. We just we like to talk. We like to talk a lot, so yeah, it Luke might and I come talk, off that way. But Luke it and I doesn't. talk a lot. We don't do any preparation. Sean doesn't do any preparation either. Uh, <laughs> so it's a joint effort. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, there was a couple. There's a couple other good uh, mailbags in here. Um, um, oh, I, this I mean, one, this a, one. This is from uh, Cody uh, Cody Magnuson at PharmaMag1. Um, how do you feel about people cherry-picking models that meet their eye test? Example, um, PLD, I think Dubois, look, uh, looks like a very good but defensively map player by Rapham, but elite over 200 feet in Micah's model. Um, model shouldn't be a lamppost to a drunkard, but how do you approach the argument? Is that um, a phrase? I understand what that means. Yeah. Lamppost to a drunkard. That's that... like the... Uh, Brian Burke phrase. I don't think I'm familiar. Oh, like a drunk person using a, a lamp post to balance himself, like to to stand yeah. up. You shouldn't lean 
on or you should lean on it you shouldn't use it to stand it whatever <laughs> this is good Go goodreads.com says this was i've never been i've never been drunk in public that i would have to lean on well, a normally lamp if you're post luckily or that i need if a anyone's drunk in public they're probably walking somewhere that's normally how it works i couldn't figure okay. out how to get anyway. the uber to work and like sun on like sun boulevard one night but like i sat on the ledge so <laughs> It's been a while since I've been, well, since COVID. Anyway, okay, so to okay, answer yeah. the... So you're wrong. You're wrong here in my right? right? <laughs> no, the opposite of that. Um, so the, the question is, how do you feel about people cherry-picking models that meet their um, their eye test? Uh, and I don't know, Luke, do you have a response since I read the question? I mean, I, I think that, like, if people are... I, I think a lot of the time it's not necessarily they're cherry-picking. It's just they're using the model that they trust more or like um micah of course that's uh from hockeybiz.com um ineffective math ineffective math also we have very different philosophies on modeling these things which we have some people may remember argued at great length on twitter about a couple years ago people like um, sean who are in the hockey graph slack <laughs> remember additional arguments in the slack yes oh, um, so we disagree <laughs> philosophically on several points um mostly relating to priors uh and the use of priors in when doing these methods. Um, I mean, we're not going to, I don't need to go into this, but I mean, I think from a cherry picking standpoint, I don't, I think that implies that people have an intent to mislead people. Uh, but I think that's not, I would say most of the time it's just, you know, they're using the model that they're familiar with. Um, and, you know, our, our methods are going to disagree on players um, specifically be mostly because, I mean, I actually shouldn't say mostly, but, because Micah uses so when I say priors, it means it takes the prior season <laughs> model results. Look, you just said you're not going to go into it, and but I'm just explaining it. Later, when I say it. priors, it's kind of a nebulous thing, and it means that you include as a starting point for a player, you use their last season performance. Basically, I'm mean, just very simplistic, but then they start there. So when you do that, our modeling practices treats every season as a separate population basically and so every player starts at ze- at average or zero and then as the season goes on they diverge based on their you know performance in that season um and then if we're trying to get a more um kind of long-term view of a player we use projections using individual seasons to project the next season and that's kind of how we personally like to do like a true talent type evaluation now micah has it kind of all built in um where you're using priors so then the current view of the player is the kind of their true talent level of that player so the models are going to differ and um i I guess i wouldn't maybe some people see people cherry picking i don't really see that like from a oh well i like this model because it shows this player is good now some people do that with xgar for matthews which i think is kind of more of a joke (laughs) (laughs) no i'm 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 joking here i think the thing is that it's more that this is going to happen regardless I think that people will look for, um, in general, are going to cherry pick certain things uh, that line up with. A lot of people are just trying to find something that supports their previous like opinion. I think, but like I don't know. I'm not to say I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think I think what really is that I, I would hope that like I think it's a good thing that there's a dis- discrepancies between multiple and public models because it it leads to good debate and a good discussion about these things and 
it does, and then people actually can go and like watch or look at other data points to try and like see if there's see where the difference is from or what's more correct or which one isn't. I think that this kind of thing, you know, it's it happened when Manny, you know, when there used to be multiple war models uh, that were out there, and it's like that. This is this kind of debate. I think is good for the sport and for analysis overall. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it kind of like ooh, proves how funny it is that you know sometimes people will refer to analytics as this like singular yeah. thing as if like there's like one truth and it's like well clearly it's not i mean the, these use they use the same inputs but they're slightly or severely different methodologies however you want to similar yes how, however you wanna, but they're pretty similar methodologies using the same inputs so they should correlate most of the time um to some degree and like they'll differ sometimes and i think if you said and I mean, I'm looking at this specific one, and if somebody went to the Twitter, they could find it in the replies. And then also, Cody's using a single year versus like a player card here. But, you know, to say that he is, I think, how to read Micah's charts is like 8% above average at defense um, on Micah's, and then like pretty much average on the evolving hockey. Like, I don't think it's like too outlandish to say either of those either. And it's not like, Pierre-Luc Dubois is, like, the worst defensive forward ever on one and, like, really good on the other. I think it's, it's you know, there's – you could sort of see where the middle ground yeah, might be. I think there. so, too. And I think, like, it's kind of – I relate it to, like – I mean, when we started started doing this, we kind of envisioned that hockey statistics would kind of go more of the baseball route where um, baseball has multiple different public war models. And so people use – you know, they there's there's the Fangraphs model, there's Baseball Reference, and there's Baseball Prospectus. Those are the three big war models, and people kind of use all of them, and in, in, in it's kind of what people are comfortable with. And well, it's it's also one of the reasons why we have both goals above respected uh, replacement and expected goals above replacement is that they're they're different models that evaluate things differently. And I think if you um, if you understand, well, that's uh, our job, I guess, is to try and make it clear what the difference is. Now, obviously, going back to the previous question, <laughs> we haven't made the X car model clear yes. exactly, but I think like show people who have used them for a while, and Luke and I knowing this, you can kind of understand the differences and what it's telling you about a player, which then kind of in, informs additional um, pieces of evaluation you might have about that player. Kind of, and line. I think that also kind of like if you're starting, if you're looking at multiple models and different data points, like when we're evaluating, I look at both our RAPM and our GAR and our XGAR, which are all kind of different um, takes on player evaluation. Um, now they're not as different as some as like something like Micah would have, but um, it is something where it's kind of the uh, you know you're not trying to like use this to lean on you know something you use it to kind of like a lamppost you're kind of trying to use it to illuminate kind of and get and find more kind of um where some type of players are adding value you're not trying to use the lamppost you're trying to use the lamp yes that's i think the initial <laughs> point here i well, i had this okay anyway that was a good that was good that was a good little yeah good good one bro all right next good, good next work. question um from andrew america <laughs> Great handle. Uh, does your model notice a steeper decline for offensive or defensive players from their peak, or is it about equal? Also, how could you all mention the Connecticut whale without talking about Danbury's own Charles Ives? Uh, so there's two We part. have talked about Charles we Ives on this about, podcast before. Yeah, he's from Connecticut, I think. Yeah, he, he is from Connecticut. Said, well, Danbury. Yeah, yeah Danbury. Uh, so <laughs> who, for people who did not hear that part of a specific episode, Charles Ives is a famous early 20th century American composer who's 
very influential on modern classical music. And, and he's from the same sh- yeah. state that uh, Sean is, yes. is from. <laughs> I'm not from Connecticut. And it also says it right there in the question. What do you mean? <laughs> it says without talking about Danbury's own. Uh, anyway, he's, he's a... And then he, he goes, he's sorry, a, <laughs> I, I don't really know this. what the second part is referencing. I just wanted to say... The, the the Charles Eyes portion yes. in Danbury. So um, in, in terms of steeper decline <laughs> of offensive or defensive players, I think that the the cop-out answer for me is that I don't really think you... I don't notice any. It, it's like we've done agent curves in the past, and um, if I remember correctly, I should redo it with our model because we used uh, Dawson Springing's war model when we first did our agent curves. But I think we've kind of moved away from looking at agent curves because they're very... Um, it, it, it's hard to apply that to um, individual players. Um, I think that you need to look at trends that are specific to that player rather than, and so you can have a general age curve, but, and it's, it's something that's definitely worthwhile to have and look at and, um, and just I, like a general yeah. idea. But um, from like a projection standpoint, from when we're like kind of looking at things, um, you kind of want to look at, that let a model decide, or not decide, let a model kind of find the connections between prior years' performance in various different aspects or metrics, and then, um, and then add in an age uh, predictor as well that can then interact with the other metrics that you're looking at, which which ends up basically it'll find better relationships that are individual or specific to an individual player um, rather than having a overall trend. Um, that's kind of how, you know. Yeah, and like Luke said, I, I think one of the things actually that I've noticed in our, at least when we do GAR projections and some other projections, is that um, the decline is a little bit harder to, I think, to project. Like for goalies, for instance, we've talked about this in these playoffs specifically, is that our models have usually been lower on older goalies. So Mike Smith, Flurry, Quick, you know, they're all late 30s goalies, and our models were really down on those players because of projection for the decline there. Now, obviously, we can see that something like, you know, I mean, well, not necessarily Mike Smith, but in the first round, Mike Smith was great. Um, Quick was even pretty good. And it's I think it could be hard to pinpoint the decline because then you have players like um, like Pavelski, for instance, this year. Or, uh, or Bergeron, or Bergeron. Well, Bergeron's been so consistent that I don't think the model is going to be super down. But I, I the thing I was going to say is that the I think it's more the um, predicting maybe the not the peak, but the increase, I think, on for younger players actually seems to be something that models – um, are able to at least find some comparison between. I, I think one that came to mind this year, like for last season when we did our guard projections, was like Jack Hughes, for instance. Going into this season, our models were really high on Jack Hughes, uh, and it was mostly because he he was very young. Uh, he His previous performance kind of tracked with a lot of young, good young players coming into their prime, um, or at least like into their, their early to mid-20s, which is usually... You know, I I don't really well, like early twenties, early twenties, like, yeah, like, like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one. That yeah, the well, time period. And I'm and so I I do we do see some some like there are some connections on younger players who are um who have had trends in their recent seasons when they were younger who seem to track with other really good players as they get into their early to mid twenties that the model picks up on and and it projects kind of an increase. I mean, and so we see. Yeah. Kind of out of, I, I think that there are. This is a pretty common trend among very like high end young players that track is that they progressively get better, which is kind of why you do see the aging curve take shape. Is this increase 
up until around, I mean, at least like somewhere between 24 and 26 seems to be about the peak for forwards. Um, and I well, think 22 to 20. Well, six, I, 25. I, I'm not going to get too much into this, but yeah. that was what I want to say is I think the decline aspect is harder to really project like um, with any accuracy. Also, and also you have like survivor bias. So yes. yeah. that's a whole thing where like, you know, you players, for instance, players that don't play in the next season, say they're 32 and the next season they the don't Jason play. The Jason of the world. And, yeah, they you know. don't play. Well, you can't get like that. They just drop out of the sample. So like we don't have their information. And so when you get to the end of the aging curve, essentially you're kind of, it's getting in, it's like Malkin this year, right? With like our contract projections. It's a very similar type of thing where there are like literally no comps <laughs> for yeah, Malkin. There, there aren't a lot of good this, comps for Malkin this, this um, year. I don't because think. of how much time he's missed and combined with like how good he was before he missed the time combined with his age. Like it's just, there's no other player in our data that has been in that situation. And so the model's going to try to, you know, it's going to do its best to, to do something. But I think that those type of players are just really rare and you're just going to have stuff like that anyway. Yeah. Uh, hold on, let me find one. No, I got one. I got another one lined up. Okay. Sean said I should ask the questions this segment. Well, I so. want to. Do you think, uh, this is from at Frost underscore, uh, do you think NYR the Rangers is an enigma or a team that signifies the stats should do more to track how it is successful? Um, so I think the question is, like, are the stats missing something about the Rangers? I think. Um, are there? Are we missing? Well, I data mean, they points? didn't miss Justerkin. Uh yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I think that's a huge part of the Rangers' success is obviously their future Vesna winning goalie. Um, and I think Shesterkin's been, from what I've watched, I'm pretty sure he's been very good in the playoffs. Um, when we they've never been huge underdogs or no, they haven't in any of our at least our models. So um, I don't know. Um, I think what maybe that's picking up on a little bit is kind of the like looking at on ice type metrics where um, it's just looking at raw results and then we're like to, their, their Corsi for you know, ex- like the yeah. spectacles for percentages are really bad yeah. from the playoff teams, but like they're shooting above expected and their goalies like world-class. So, I mean, I don't know the Rangers again, as we said, are a weird team. And <laughs> I mean, this could maybe lead into another question. This is from, um, at fire cat underscore caddy lena lena um what's a feature of games you wish was measured directly instead of having to infer from other stats or at all so player hot what probably a best hair player best, hot. Player best hot. hair best hair just, <laughs> i saw i saw like a bracket for for like which team had the hottest players and it seems to be like a little bit out there was it a tier list so Maybe you could you could have that. Is it like a tier list of hot of hot hockey players? Which teams? No, it was like a bracket. Oh, oh bracket. bracket. We won't be doing like that. I'm not. We're not going to be doing that. You, but you could have a je- objective. <laughs> okay, uh, let's facial get to, so- to this. Facial this, is a, this is a good question. Um, the thing I wish. I mean, we've talked. I think, like, I'll just say. So, feature of the games you wish was measured directly instead of having to infer from other stats or at all. Um, so it's, yeah. it's passing data again, or are you guys going to say? Uh, I mean, I would say blocked? both of those. I think it, I think this. <laughs> well, well you can get one passing. That I would passing pick passing data because, like, and, yeah. and I'd pick block shots to be honest. But and I I mean. think, what do you mean? Oh, block shot location. Yeah, I I might 
also pick. I think just the sheer number of shots we would have where we would have expected goals estimates for shots that were blocked. Sean doesn't agree with my pick. Of I think passing – here, passing would be much yeah, more there. interesting. There's yeah. a lot more – Or I guess maybe it would be interesting to have no low dose. <laughs> but I think I would pick passing yeah. first because I can get a lot more yeah. Yeah. Pass- So a I'm passing, passing just, It leads to a lot the... more um, – like creative things and things we could do with the data. That also, a lot of I think really cool visualizations yeah. and evaluating just pass like you know who's a good passer. I think that well because like, the thing is know. now we can't even infer pass. Well, we kind of can infer. Uh, no, we can't really infer passes. You can create yeah. an estimate, um, yeah. and so like that's something that I wish we had full complete access. to. I guess the other um, thing. I mean, this ends up being. I think it's a similar question to depending on how, regardless of how you phrase it. I think the other one that we kind of can infer right now is like goalie positioning, but we can't really in a way. Like there's and rebounds and rush shots. This you just know, came the, up. You know, the other but, thing I've I've seen. Uh, speaking of Micah again, he's been trying to work on I think a model to defer at, or infer actual player positions. <laughs> oh really? Based on where players like their events happen, because the NHL doesn't like track the actual lineups that are iced. So like we can't know like true left wing, center, right wing. Oh yeah. All like we can kind of get it for defensive pairs because it's pretty rare that players play on their offside. Um, but for forwards, we just have like what the NHL list is you know, left wing, right wing, center, but that's not what they actually played in a specific game. So you can kind of try to infer that based on where their events happen in the zone. And I think I've seen Michael working on a model for that, but it would be really nice if we had like, you know, I Matt Cain did one. Back yeah, I kind of remember that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Matt Cain. Um, shout out. Uh, I don't know if that was ever public. I think if you ever you published a presentation anything, on that, but I know I that was like in there's the HG a presentation Slack. on that. Maybe. He might have. Along with his curling analytics presentation. Yeah. The legendary curling. Shout out to Matt Cain for the Devils. Um, Yeah. yeah, So I think the other thing, um, there's this uh, at random task 68, Alex. It's a similar question. What is a statistical event you wish was tracked uh, with more nuance or context? Is there an event that isn't tracked that you wish was tracked? Yeah. So those are kind of things. I think also um, it'd be really cool to get. um, I saw this with um, Stats Bomb which is a uh, soccer analytics um, football football analytics uh, company. Um, and they have really interesting expected goals models. And, of course, as what we've said in the past, expected goals originated in football, <laughs> in soccer. Um, and so they have a pre-shot XG model and a post-shot XG model. So they have XG models that are for before a shot is taken. So, like, at the moment the shot was taken – and then they have it including information about the shot after it was taken. So, like, you know, velocity. This is obviously with player tracking information. Yeah, like angle of the ball, tracking. angle of the puck, goalie position, um, goalie movement, you know, stuff like that, which I thought was really interesting. Um, we obviously don't have his data, so we can't get creative like that. But I think, like, it would be cool to get, like, um, I mean, I, the, well, I don't know if, it, like, the dream, I was going to say the dream is to get pure puck location for every single second of the game, or millisecond, or however many, 10 times a second, but that would be absolutely massive and well, be an any, absolute any, headache. Yeah, any video tracking that is, at least that, like, the, you know, when you're getting when you're getting inside the second is just going to be so big, and there's going to be so many different things you're going to have to yeah, deal with. Yeah, and we, we don't have the, <laughs> we don't really have the data phrase, uh, database experience or infrastructure to be working with that mag- data at that magnitude right now, so 
just you know passes yeah. that would be my answer just having passes would be it wouldn't add a ton of events i mean it might just you know, oh just or the pass. There's a lot of passes in hockey. There are a lot of <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of passes in hockey. So right, next question. Yes, uh, from Ernest Hamingway at Errors <laughs> at Errors. Sorry, that's Oceans. a good handle. I don't Unless know. Colorado has a massive collapse, McDavid's sad dead eyes continue for another season. What can Edmonton realistically do to carry over success to next season and make another run? And then somebody responded and said, "Fire Holland." Uh, so this is the question: Is what can Edmonton do for next season? Um, Sign Nachushkin. Isn't this like a wild, su- wildly successful? Yeah, that's, yeah and I it's think a very successful is, yeah. season for the Oilers. I think them going to the conference final is like yes, like they were a good team. Uh, and now, oh, they're up three one after two. The Oilers are. Oilers are up three one. That's why two. Sean got sad and stopped talking. Is because yeah. the Oilers are winning. <laughs> Here, here's the here's what the Oilers can do is they can sign Valeri Nichushkin, and Hell then yeah. we will never know if Drysital <laughs> is better than Nichushkin. They will be equal each other. Yeah, that's the. <laughs> I think that's the ultimate timeline is that Nichushkin ends up on the Oilers, and then um, no, I I think that would be really I, it would funny. be so funny. <laughs> I, I just, it would be the perfect timeline. It it's would like be if next season, if this offseason. Uh, I mean, I think that them getting you know useful minutes out of Keith and Cece this year was kind of a miracle. Uh, Cece's been okay. Yeah, um, I mean, both of them were pretty good, and they've been okay in the playoffs. I, I mean, the, the, honestly, the number what? What's your? What are you saying? Were good uh, what? though? What do you? What they've do you mean been better. I mean, what do you mean good? What do you? I'm confused. Like relative yeah. to expectations, yeah, but like been, I still like I don't know I wouldn't I don't know why you signed Duncan Keith he's like but like I mean no. whatever I'm not we're gonna get into that they the thing the Oilers need to do is they need to get quality depth players well no they, I I would say the thing I was gonna say number one is they need to figure out the goaltending yeah um, okay that, yeah I don't know if my you think Mike Smith is gonna play next year I think number one is just to not take anything from this year as like a, a lesson of what was yeah. good I think. It's part of it's just like their good players kind of came yeah. through yeah. for them, and like even Mike Smith. In the well, playoffs, and they, yeah, like I think that's the, right because they thought like Duncan Keith would add a lot to like get them through here, but like in reality, it's like McDavid and Drysdale well, that are getting them through, and then and then Mike well, Smith actually playing. Yeah, but I, I think well that's in the it's a little bit more complicated than because they also got a lot of great. I think they got a lot of great value from uh, Pugliarvi and Yamamoto and uh, Bouchard. Um, like I think that there are other players that were, I don't know. Were, now they're they seem to their depth. At least this is my take heading into the playoffs this year versus last year is that their depth last year was hurt. Yeah, but those weren't acquired. Oh. Is what I'm saying. Like I think like the offseason acquisitions last year. Oh were still yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bad. Except for, like, I see what Derek you're saying. Ryan, yes. Maybe uh, I I would I would agree. So I I think you're absolutely right. This is they're a good example of a team that probably other than goaltending they probably should just roll with what they have i would say and maybe or try, try to, to find try to increase yeah. their their forward depth although it's like i don't know um maybe trade cassian do you how 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 poorly would that go over they could probably you think they get a first for zach cassian <laughs> what? you know like i think like he's <laughs> sean just falls off his chair <laughs> like is this what happens when i go to bed at like 10 p.m eastern is like is there's like a, a Zach Cassian? Cult no, I mean I just think it, he's got that reputation like, as a you know uh, he's a grinder, right? Yeah, probably not a first then. Okay, I didn't say a first. Luke said a. What first. about a second? They could get something for. Look, Cassian. if 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 Nick Delorier can get a third round <laughs> pick, 
then I'm just saying Zach think, Cassian probably could get a second. I think Zach Cassian <laughs> is going to be in uh, Islanders next year. I think that's oh, where can you, <laughs> it seems for some reason a great, a with, perfect destination with, for with, Zach with Zizekas, Clutterbuck, Martin, and Cassian. Can you imagine? <laughs> They should play a four forward line, and that's them. They just play one defenseman and those four forwards. Yeah, and that should be that. Should anyway, anyway. I, I think that we've answered that. I think that the Oilers shouldn't do very much other than try to. I think some depth would help. Um, I think they could go. There are a couple. Uh, I think under um, valued players in the market that would help their team overall. But I, I number one thing is figure out what goaltending is going to be, and if Mike Smith can play into his forty forty five year season or whatever however old he is. <laughs> Uh, He's not 45. I think we have probably time for like what? One more? I think we're out. One more. We're, we're, getting, out. we're getting long. Okay. Um, I just looked. I don't think there's any other ones. We had. Uh, here's one. After jinxing the Devils this year, could you do the same to the Rags this coming season? <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't they have like basically the same I think play so. production? Yeah. So I don't remember. I, well, here's the thing: is like Shesterkin kind of came. Well, he didn't come out of nowhere. We I don't even know what our goalie projection was for Shesterkin at before the season. Goalies are really uh, hard to predict. I think he, we had him relatively high. I remember talking with or Shana did an article about talking about their goaltenders, and I remember looking into Shesterkin um, and how he was really good. But it was like it's just like the, he didn't have a lot of playing time. I mean, like in, you know that as much as you would like a goaltender to have. Usually, you want you know the model the it'd be tough to like model in because he didn't have yeah like you're saying yeah. like the experience so yeah like I he had been good like, but a lot of goaltenders are good in like one year with 30 games of playing time or something and then you know they like who so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know who so still i think <laughs> gonna be good but I, we if if the if the point projections next off season uh say the rangers are going to be good then i guess that that's the curse that'll be our curse but i think that that only works if people thought the devils were if the devil if the rangers finished 27th and then we projected them to be to make the playoff anyway go go ahead sean i will say i think dom having the islanders projected at 105 points was actually the curse (laughs) yeah like our our projection for the devils was actually only a little higher than the other models and that we like we were like six points higher than most of the models but we were a little lower on some of the other teams so they were in the playoffs by like that division was so close from a projection standpoint at the beginning of the year maybe yes yeah i i don't i doubt that uh well i'm trying to think about who next year our our team is going to be that we're going to be fans of because our model is higher than everyone else um and it may be it is is it finally a year that we actually have a model like we get to back up our sabers fandom with the model output um you know yeah tage thompson goes from like first percentile <laughs> to like 70th yeah, yeah no. <laughs> i don't i mean this is yeah uh sorry what was the question oh that was just the, okay we're gonna we're okay i think that we're done i think that was a great mailbag segment thank yeah. you for everybody who wrote in yes. and asked questions hope um, our answers were suitable yeah sean do you have any questions for the mailbag other than where's the XR write up? Um, no, maybe maybe this is dangerous. Maybe I shouldn't ask Sean for any. No, questions. we're done. We're done with the mailbag question. <laughs> Sean <laughs> didn't submit a question ahead of time, so that yeah, doesn't count. That doesn't count. Oh, wait, didn't somebody ask about? Um... Oh, oh yeah, Chester yeah. and Dash. Dash. I yeah. tweeted that Chester? with pictures of them. Chester, Chester is a cat. cat. Our friend's cat. Dash okay. is our parents' dog. Uh, we we watch them when they are away, and. Well, we partly helped raise Dash like when our parents yeah. were. Yeah, we would go. Uh, they're both great. They're incredible animals. We are lucky to have them in our lives. Yes. Uh, so that's the. You could check our Twitter for the most recent pictures I posted of them. Yeah, they're doing great. They're doing great. Yeah, they are. All right. All right. Well, that sounds like it's another episode. Uh, I guess we'll have 
both series? Is it? Well, I don't know when Game Seven's supposed to be. Maybe both series done by the time we get to another podcast. And I think the Stanley Cup. It's weird. It'll either start on the fifteenth or the eighteenth. Oh, really? I, think I saw. So like, yeah, that's, that's quite kind the of. Gap. Oh, I like yeah, that. Wednesday, Wednesday or um, <laughs> Saturday, depending. It's better. On it's better along, than the so. game finishing Monday night and then me having to do all the projections that night and then do the write up and get it out by Tuesday. I like that. I like the give me a couple, give us a couple days. I know we maybe should have had them ready to go earlier, but we didn't. So yeah. Anyway, we may, we maybe are going to be in. We're going to be done with the conference finals anyway. Yeah, I don't have it built. Yeah. I don't have so it set up we'll so I can see. just run one series, and I was didn't want to build that that out. So it runs all of the series. So anyway, yeah. Th- <laughs> <laughs> And you can tell me more about it next week. That sounds good. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean.